folks. Welcome to another episode of Catch Up, the podcast about contemporary hip-hop that examines where hip-hop has been, where it's going, and where it is. I'm Jordan Suwami. And I'm James Rathbone. And we're back with another episode for your damn head tops. Yeah, that's right. Um, yes. Like, how are, how are you doing, James? I'm good, you know. Um, you know, I, I got a car this summer. The first, My first car. Uh, damn. So, What'd you push it, man? 2006. You know, 14 years old, Lexus IS. Ooh, yeah. pushing the Lex. That's right, yeah. You know. Damn, the podcast game has been good to you, it, it seems. It really has, you know. Uh, yeah, 185,000 kilometers on it, you know. Nothing. Okay, Light go work. off, go Light off. Work. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so, but listen, just driving around listening to music has been so, so fun. You know, I mean, that... Mm-hmm. That uh, that's been been a really wonderful way to sort of you know just experience music again. I mean, music is so contextual, so that's that's kind mm-hmm. of one of my sort of highlights of this year. Even though the power steering has been intermittently failing on the car, overall, really positive wow. experience. Okay. Yeah. Okay. How about you? Um, let's see. So I've been reading a bit. Been reading uh, Christopher Hitchens' memoir. Whoa. Okay. It's called Hitch Twenty Two. I bought it in like 2011, and it just and it just been like sitting like sitting on my shelf unread for so long. And then at some point earlier this year, I just felt the a real urge to just like I just got to read this book and like move on. Yeah, and it's pretty funny, pretty funny because he's like kind of like a classic baby. He's a classic boomer centrist intellectual, mm-hmm. um, which can sometimes be a little annoying. But it's also just interesting because he ended up passing away before you know, really social media took off and even just like the, the whole culture that kind of exists has existed from like, you know, that's largely online led from like 2013 until now. So he kind of missed the, the wars, the war, the cancel culture wars, mm-hmm. but he was already kind of talking about it a little bit in terms of like, it, cause it, as it is an outgrowth of like PC culture, yeah. which I'm putting in quotes. And it's just interesting to see, to see his takes in a, in a, in a, in a in a different that existed in a different reality. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely I'm I don't always agree with. I would say I agree with him about half the time, but it's just interesting to see kind of like what his perspective is, and and it's also very funny and it's a juicy memoir. Mm. Like he talks about uh, Bill Clinton's love of edibles. Whoa! And he basically yeah, so he he's did, just like he's like yeah, he's like he didn't inhale. He's like basically but he you know exactly indulged he, he, uh, he consumed he indulged. And he was, and he he kind of hates Bill Clinton, thinks he's a phony. But and I think this is also part of it is that is that he's like he's like everyone knew that he loved edibles. Like I don't know why he was out here trying to lie about how he didn't. He's like the part the, the point was to get high. You know, was he trying to who's he trying to fool? Kind of like his vibe on it, which I think is just hilarious. He also talks another part of the juiciness of of, the, of this memoir is just like talking about like the his like bisexuality from like being in he went to like an all, all boys boarding school and just talks about how like common bisexuality was there and even like into university that like you know you would kind of have like you know just like a, a fluid sexuality which is just you know it's just funny to me because like I feel like people are so open about that kind of thing now mm-hmm. and I thought and it's just interesting to see that even like for him in like 2011 before it was even more what like I don't know kind of like a an international cultural talking point that he was also talking about this kind of stuff yeah, so yeah. just it's it's a, it's an interesting read um outside of that uh I guess I it's been you know Watching, watching the television, getting fit. Yeah. Um, look out for these thirst trap photos. They're coming. I almost, I almost got my abs back, and then it's over for you niggas. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
You guys can't see it. We're recording this on Zoom, and James has made the funniest facial expression of just like, okay, I don't know what to say to that. But, uh, <laughs> uh, I think that's probably a good. It's probably good. We've, we've done enough, catch, enough catching up. Let's let's get into this episode. Yeah, let's do it. All right, let's talk about Jack Harlow. Yeah, sounds good. So um, Jack Harlow is an artist that I think I first heard of in 2017. And I, I saw a music video that he put out for the song called Sundown. And r- right away, it kind of captured my attention because, number one, he's a very, uh, I would say, very skilled rapper and writer. Like, first of all, his, like, he's, he's got bars. And second of all, at his flows, he's got really great flows. And third of all, he's got a really interesting confidence because it's included, especially in the video Sundown, and I think in some of his more subsequent videos, he's getting like visibly cooler in a lot of ways. I put that in quotes, but like he's kind of got this like floppy hairdo. He kind of like is somebody you would. He's like he's like you know in a word swaggerless. You know. Yeah. But we should mention but, he's white. Yes, we should mention that he's white. If you don't already this know Jack Carlo. It's an important detail if you don't know who it's, Jack Harlow is. It's a, it's the, I would say it's the essential and defining detail of Jack Harlow is that he's a white, a white rapper, um, mm-hmm. who I think is pretty, pretty damn talented. Uh, but anyway, in, in his video for Sundown, he has like, he just has so much confidence in a way that, that kind of almost doesn't suit his swaggerless setup. You know, he's like, mm-hmm. the clothes he's wearing don't look particularly cool. His hair is objectively awful, but mm-hmm. he's just got this, this, this demeanor that is like, it's like the most extreme, it's like professional athlete swagger where like nothing, he's like, he's like unflappable. And I found that very mm-hmm. intoxicating. It was, it was like, it was hard to take your eyes off him, you know, on top of the fact that he was like a really good rapper. Uh, mm-hmm. But it, so for, for me that the song, so that the song Sundown I thought like was pretty promising. And I was like, okay, this is like, this is promising. Well, I'll see where this goes. And then for me, where, where it turned into, where it went from like, you know, curiosity and turned into kind of like a fandom was with a song that he put out called Dark Knight, which also came out in 2017. Um, and it's, it's like, it's got a kind of a dark beat. The video features him and a bunch of his friends in Louisville, just like kind of like at night dancing, riding around in like minivans, <laughs> just like doing things that like, you know, it's a really kind of winning energy. And then on top of that, the rapping is just, it's just excellent. Like, I, I don't know how else to, to put it. Um, anyway, so the funny thing about Jack Harlow for me is like James, James, I think more so than probably anyone I know has, has a very low, uh, amount of tolerance for any kind of corny whiteness. Um, (laughs) like, yeah, I can't, I can't do it. I just can't do it. Which is, which is very funny. It's definitely like some, you know, self-hating white man vibe, which, you know, I, I take great comedy out of, you know, (laughs) and and sometimes I, I like to. I like to, I like to, I'm in, I'm in like four, I'm probably in three or four group chats with James, different, with different people in it. And, um, a few of them have like a lot of hip hop content in it. And sometimes I like just like posting stuff in these, in these group chats of like, you know, if it's like a white rapper I like or a white rapper I don't like, just to see what James will say. And, um, (laughs) you know, the the Jack Hart, James was, you know, (laughs) James was really kind of like, you were lukewarm on Jack Har- on Jack Harlow from the beginning, right? Yeah, I mean, I was imp- sort of impressed by what's popping. I'll be honest. Like, okay, so uh, sorry. Definitely... We, we should mention we should mention that what's popping is a is a Jack Harlow song that he put out, I believe, this year and became his yeah. biggest hit. I think it hit number two on the the Billboard Hot 100. There was a remix yeah. that featured uh, Lil Wayne, Tory Lanez, and um, one the baby. of the first, the baby. 
and yeah. which is and also that's, a, that's the that's the one that was the hit I think that's 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 a massive like crossover breakout hit that kind yeah. of made made the industry have to start paying attention to him um, and yeah and we also you know this is as an aside we we put it on one of our when we were making playlists for Red Bull music we put it on one of our Red Bull music playlists. And earlier this year, James texted me. I think it was as what's poppin' was climbing up the charts. And it was, it's become pretty clear that Jack Harlow is like on the precipice of being a transcendent superstar, like truly being one of the biggest rappers in the world. It seems like is his destiny. And, uh, James said uh, in a text message to me, he's like, he's like, I feel worse about putting Jack Harlow on a Red Bull music playlist than just about anything else I've done in my life, which is <laughs> just fucking hilarious. It also is like, you know, maybe you haven't done that many bad things, or maybe you're underestimating the 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 damage of some of the ba- genuinely bad things in your life that you've done. The thing is, to like, Ur is human, but to put Jack Harlow on a playlist <laughs> is like feeding this this larger beast of uh, of you know everything that I dislike in the music industry. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, it's like this guy did not need any more promotion from us and. Uh, or from anyone, I mean, he, you know, the reason, Jack Harlow, I mean, he, the what popping, I heard it, I was like, you know what, maybe this guy's got, like, kind of a quiet confidence here, because I, I, I'll be honest, those other songs, like, I, you know, I, even if I, li- if I had listened, to, if I saw a link to, like, a white rapper, I, it, I probably am not going to click on it unless like Jordan wants to talk about it, or someone <laughs> I know wants to talk, like, I, I it's just like, no, thank you. Most of the time, just to talk a bit about about like what his background is is basically. So he's from Louisville. Uh, he was he signed to uh, DJ Drama and Don Cannon's label Generation Now, which is a, mm-hmm. has a partnership with Atlantic Records in 2018. Um, and so mm-hmm. this was kind of like this the the second star for Generation Now, who also very famously were uh, is Little Uzi's label. And so Drama, who's been you know definitely one of the most influential people in in hip-hop in this uh millennium kind of like mm-hmm. from the 2000s like the his gangsta grills uh mixtape series you know early on working with jeezy and ti and like all these kinds of people you know it's like his his cosign his cosign means something still in, in an age mm-hmm. where where cones cosigns kind of mean increasingly less and less so mm-hmm. the the pairing seemed like it like an interesting one for 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 harlow and you know it was it was definitely like a steady come up for him. What's popping kind of took him to the next level, and then mm-hmm. uh, he followed that up. I, like so, this a few days before um, the song Tyler Hero came out. This is like you know, or maybe a few weeks before it. It was like Tyler Hero was really showing out in the NBA playoffs. And one mm-hmm. of the things that that I texted in one of the group chats to to see if I could get out a rise out of James uh, was <laughs> was when Tyler Hero was was snapping. He had a really a really great playoffs. I, I wrote in one of the, well, as one of the games was on, he was like kind of having an amazing game. I wrote uh, in a group chat that I have with James and my our friend Mo. I was like, Tyler Hero is white excellence. Mm-hmm. And um, James characteristically just didn't say anything. Because I knew, <laughs> that he was, I knew he was in a tough position because one, Tyler Hero had played an objectively amazing game. It was very, it was flashy. It was clutch. Mm-hmm. It was like really great to watch. Uh, and two, I think James just like would recoil at at at, at you know <laughs> at, at calling Tyler Hero white excellence, or maybe even referring to anyone as white excellence. But um, yeah. and and you just didn't say anything, which I thought was funny because you, you knew that you couldn't fight it, but you just could, yes. also could not co-sign it, which I thought was yes. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is uh, an abstain uh, from from even you know even with Tyler Hero. Like, I do think, like you know, this is not an NBA podcast, but like I think like Tyler Hero is definitely promising. I think that he's. I would I would predict his journey jersey sales will out you know outperform his like career achievements. Interesting. Um, I, I mean, I think you're not wrong. This is something we've always talked about with white rappers on the show. And I think, you know, the, the thing about being a white rapper is that it's like, it's almost impossible for you to fail. Like once you hit a yeah. certain threshold, if you, once you hit a certain level of like mainstream notoriety, or even if you have your own fan base, if, if you mm-hmm. have, if you're able to sell at a place like, let's say mod club in Toronto, which is a 620 uh, person venue, mm-hmm. if you're a white rapper at that point, it's basically very hard for you to fail. Like you may yeah. not, you may not ascend to like the, the very top of the charts, but you were almost certainly going to have a consistent career because I mean, what it boils down to is like, uh, you know, I think this is white people in, in, in certain, in fields that are traditionally not white, just, they just love to see themselves represented. That's one. But I think two, mm-hmm. it's like, you know, we, we've talked about this before, but I think this is a common thing. It's like, you know, there's a, there's a lot of like, you know, this is a generalization. There's a lot of white people in the world that love black culture, but maybe don't love black people, you mm-hmm. know? And one of the issues with some, some white rappers in the past is that they've kind of, whether knowingly or not taken advantage of this dynamic by doing mm-hmm. things that set themselves apart from the other people in their genre. Like, so for instance, uh, Macklemore, a big part of his rise was the song thrift shop. And mm-hmm. one of the, like one of the central conceits of that song is that, you know, uh, all these rappers, they, they, you know, they buy flashy jewelry, they buy flashy clothes. And I'm not like that. I buy mm-hmm. thrift shop clothes, which makes me savvier. It makes me very different from them. So he kind of mm-hmm. was playing on this kind of like, and you know, that, that very well may have been his truth, but whether knowingly or not, he was playing off of this, like really kind of like in some ways kind of an ugly trope and using that yeah. to his advantage to kind of pump up his, his own, you know, uh, skills and whatever. Anyway, this all, I think later in his career, like he realized that he was doing this and it kind of ate away at him. And that's why he put out the song like white privilege and white privilege too. And like that, that's a whole other thing, (laughs) you know, but it's just like, that's, that's, that's like a, a a part of like the legacy of like a lot of, a lot of white rappers. Um, But, you know, Jack Harlow is kind of like, I think almost like a different breed in the sense that he, he kind of has a, you know, his, his crew, you, you watch his videos, you see a lot of the same guys in his crew. And it's like, kind of like, it's a, you know, it's a multiracial, like, you know, crew of kids from Kentucky. And he also mm-hmm. comes in with a, with a sense of like, with, with Jack Harley, he comes in with a sense where you feel like he, he doesn't question his place in the culture. You know, it seems At like, all, it seems, yeah. he seems like he comes in with, with uh, an inherent respect for, for the culture, but also mm-hmm. not much, not much questioning of like, is it appropriate for me to do X, Y, and Z? He just kind of is like, feels very um, actualized in the way that he like conducts himself and even the way that he behaves in the videos. Like there's just like, once again, it just kind of comes back to this, like this like extreme confidence that he has uh, that is like very kind of natural and easy. And also what, what this is the thing that I actually like about him is that he doesn't feel, doesn't seem like he needs to conform himself to be like, you know, appear in quotes like harder or like, you know, he just, he just seems like a little more like, like, confident in who he is and able to bring mm-hmm. who he is to, to the, to the genre. Anyway, yeah. just to, to get back to Tyler hero, when, when, when they announced that this song was going to come out and it was called Tyler hero, he's putting the song out the next day. I sent it to a few of the group chats and I was kind of like, you know, it made me laugh a little bit. Cause it's a little on the nose. Like Tyler hero 
plays for Miami Heat, but he he played uh, college basketball at the University of Kentucky. So I think that's like kind of like where what his connection was forwards with uh, with Jack Harlow. And you know, I, I was or, I was kind of prepared to hate the song just because I thought like it was too it was almost too perfect gimmickly, and it was like the timing of it. It was just after the NBA playoffs had ended. It, it seemed it, you know it seemed like I was like this is almost too on the nose for me. But then. Mm-hmm. You know, the song comes out, I watch the video, and to me, it's an objectively excellent song. You know, mm. I, I think like the rapping, the, you know, there's, there's, there's also like a bit of like an Eminem connection, a little bit of a real Slim Shady vibe to the, to the video where there's a bunch of like, you know, mini me Jack Harlow's. And even in the song's, the song's, uh, subject matter, he's talking about like kind of how essentially what he's talking about is you, James. He's saying, he's saying white people, are uncomfortable with me. <laughs> There's a lot of white people that don't like me as a rapper. Uh, mm-hmm. And he's, and he's kind of like, he's like, that's bizarre to him, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is just interesting. It's a very, I don't know. I find that kind of funny. Yeah. I mean, the thing is what he kind of says is like, essentially that's more about you than it's about me, which is true. You know? I don't think it is true. It's all about Jack Harlow. Like okay, my problem tough. is not that, that white people can't rap and that I don't think that this is like, uh, a place where, like, it's impo- you know, it's like the color of your skin entirely determines the quality of your artistic output. output. Mm, mm. You know, but to me, first of all, I think that there's more to being a rapper. In fact, I think the most important thing about being a rapper is not your technical ability, because m- most people can become, as at some level, I think, a technically competent rapper if they really have the ambition to it's not Mm -hmm. so hard to you know kind of like rhyme on beat and and to write some things that rhyme and even to kind of get a little bit clever if you're if you're already kind of a decent writer Mm -hmm. in general the thing that's harder is your persona your energy the 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 story you tell through your your rapping the the narrative of your artistic identity and so, uh, you know, it's not my issue isn't like I think that white people should never be rappers. It's not even that I want my my white rappers to be so sort of self-aware and guilty about their place <laughs> in it. You know, yeah. I don't it's not and it's it's not even like I want them to even really like uh, just like acknowledge it and move on or something. It's mm-hmm. that like part of the reason I think Eminem and Paul Wall are like great is that they came up directly through as the same system as the black artists true and they needed to earn their respect of their peers of their fellow rappers and uh part of the thing to me about him going from louisville to atlanta and getting with dj drama and even having that sort of like cosign is okay yes dj drama probably isn't going to co-sign someone who he thinks is is bad i don't think that jack harlow is like bad in that sense of being not marketable of not being someone who i'm sure dj drama saw like dollar signs around because Mm -hmm. no dj drama is going to be completely aware of these realities it's that like for me someone like jack harlow who's has this confidence who has this sort of like rapper confidence as a white guy it's it's like he doesn't understand and and I don't think has any interest in understanding why he gets to have the success of reception that he does hmm. because hmm. he is just not as fundamentally interesting 
let alone, in my opinion, where, like, again, the real hard or talented parts are of, of, you know, compared to so many rappers. And again, this is his second, his, his first sort of big single, What's Popping, went to number two. I mean, he's, he's kind of, he's kind of similar. He's like, sort of like what, um, Post Malone was to like a future Word. as he is to like a little a little baby or someone like that like mm-hmm. uh, you know he's he is a tech like a, a, a technically skilled rapper but again that doesn't matter that much to me it, it's it, his persona what is his story his story is people hate on me I you know I'm I'm a confident guy like he grew up on a horse farm like. That honestly, if he talked about that, that would be more interesting to me. Uh-huh. You Which know is what like, I mean? That actually connects to like the even like the Bubba Sparks Yellow Wolf kind of way where they 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 put their kind of like country background or whatever mm-hmm. into their into their their music. It it was a, a kind of a central part of their identity, and it wasn't just like I'm a rapper now and I'm cool as a result. You know, um, mm-hmm. I mean, I think you you raise you raise some good points, and I think generally even for me, like as somebody who who likes Jack Harlow. It's uh, there is something that makes me feel like a little bit uneasy at, at the kind of like uh, just the outside success for the for the relative like skill or talent level. Like, you know, even though I think I think Jack Harlow is a good rapper, period. Um, but his his the extreme success that he's about to have in a way mm-hmm. feels undeserved, because, which I mean, it is like he's he's getting the kind of like the white rapper glow that just makes mm-hmm. you 10 times more popular than you would be, you know, like Eminem famously on his song, uh, white America has a line. He's like, let's face the facts. If I was black, I would have sold half, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and even half yeah. is generous. So the one that my final point would be that like, you know, I think it, it maybe Jack Harlow will never have an awakening like about who he is and how he got there. I think that that is to me, especially sort of in the wake of like, you know, hip hop used to be a really, it used to be so hard to earn your place in it. And mm. gradually, I think, especially start coming from the South, people started to kind of realize that like there was this concept of people hating on you and that mm. we could all make more money together. And that sort of removed a bit of the set, like the peer criticism, if you will, from like the process of, of, coming on of of breaking out you know um there was an argument that new york rappers uh, at some point needed like there was there was only room for sort of one so everyone Mm -hmm. you know cameron beef with nas jay-z 50 cent they all everyone sort of had beef with each other they didn't work together whereas in atlanta uh after the sort of i mean not that there wasn't there's never been any beef hasn't there isn't beef between Atlanta rappers, but there was more there as Atlanta became the center of hip hop. There was much more of the sense of community and working things mm-hmm. out for the sake of greater prosperity. Mm-hmm. And I think Jack Harlow to me is, has that sensibility that it's like, if you don't like my success, it's purely out of jealousy and it's not anything else. Mm-hmm. My que- question is, you know, there ha- again, as you sort of said with Macklemore, there is this legacy of artists of hip hop uh, who, who, if they weren't aware uh, of white of, of white hip hop artists, or if they weren't aware of how their white privilege got them to that position of success, having this awakening, and mm-hmm. you know maybe the, a better example than um, Macklemore is Mac, Mac Miller. Mac Miller, yeah. You know, and Mac Miller sort of after realizing his sort of like frat rap, why his frat rap was so successful in of, of his early years, 
he, you know, embarked on this sort of spiritual quest to make it right. And he was a mentor to all of these upcoming rappers and uh, would let them live for free at his house and then produce their stuff and, and really try and put them on. And, and, you know, in his death, you saw so many artists, you know, been staples to, I mean, uh, you know, all odd future guys to, uh, you know, Thundercat, to, you know, like, I mean, innumerable guys sort of came out of the LA scene who were indebted to him and, and out of different sort of places and, and even like sort of subgenres as well. Uh, so, you know, to me, I feel like what I'm, I, I'm going to ignore, you know, a lot of Jack Harlow stuff outside of what you try and provoke me with uh, going <laughs> forward. But I'm interested to see if he ever has that moment, the moment of sort of self-reflection mm. and mm. what he does with it. Cause that's, that's more interesting to, than me hearing about him talking about how cool he is when he grew up on a horse farm and like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, and he's he's denying his farmer past. So, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well said. Um, I think I think this is exact. This is exactly kind of what I wanted to hear from you, James. Is like I wanted to hear your, your the full explanation of like your issues with him, and I, and I, because the truth is, I think you're right uh, mm-hmm. at large. At large, um, I also I think I think I'm gonna enjoy a lot of Jack Harlow's future music, but I I, I might not enjoy you know how incredibly massive he becomes and kind of takes over the industry but but you know it, it is what it is and let's 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 just wrap this up by playing out uh a bit of tyler hero which i think yeah. is an, an excellent song the ones that hate me the most look just like me you tell me what that means make a slick comment and see what that brings i've seen it go down we can reenact things extreme like dmxing these boys pussy and they pmsing people in the city see the movement occurring and say my god i want to be in that scene Damn right you wanna be in this scene She had the video trying to be in this scene Used to fantasize about being this scene Bluegrass girl but she got big dreams Can't touch me I got instincts Locked in the house but I'm plotting things I brought a gang to the party with me Five white boys but they not in sync <laughs> Fuck what y'all think Fuck everything that you say about me My dogs like to play So let's talk about, I want to talk about another rapper that has been, uh, really been kind of an exciting discovery for me this year. And that is a rapper by the name of Flo Millie. So Flo Millie is from uh, Mobile, Alabama, and kind of really, really kind of kick, kind of started to kick off. She's, she's 20 years old, which means she was born January 9th, 2000. Um, which is just, it's just wild. You know, we got, we got 2000 kids born in the 2000 who are now, uh, stars of the rap game, stars of professional sports. Um, it's, it's just, it's just crazy, you know, but, uh, Flo, so flow Millie really kind of took off with, with a few singles, uh, beef, the beef flow mix and in, in the party, which both kind of went viral in social media, particularly on TikTok. And how, like the way I would describe flow Millie is like, First of all, she's got a really unique and very, very fun flow. It's like listening to like I, I 
she I can't get enough of, of her voice and the way that she raps because it's like it's it's just set up to be extremely funny and she is a very funny rapper and it's just a very unique and and uh pleasing pleasing flow like like just on a pure audio level like i just love the sound of her voice i love her flow and i like the, the kind of rhymes that she, she puts together yeah i've been really trying to like leading up to this podcast i've really been trying to think about who would be like a good comparison for Flo millie and I've really struggled because she doesn't, there's not even, I don't think there's really an analog for someone who, even though it's all familiar, it's like the way that she manages to combine these sort of hard lyrics with this sort of like, uh, I'm like so cute and like kind of bratty. Yes, yes. It, you know, there's yeah. like a, a charm, like this really kind of funny charm to it, as well as it being totally. really, really like actually well-made rap music. You know, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. it's some some sense. It's a little bit like early Mickey, Nicki Minaj a bit, uh-huh. but n- even still, it's its own thing. It's not. It's not. There isn't. That isn't a clear comparison. And and even the, I feel like it sort of recovers a lost art of like I do think rappers. Another thing of rappers in in the sort of trap era, some of them aren't really like humor used to be such a huge part of rap music. You know, I would say mm-hmm. most. Uh, there was like like most it was more often than not rappers would have a funny side to them you know um mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and that has sort of disappeared a little bit like it's got the, i would say there are definitely still some fun funny rappers like two chains obviously kanye yeah that's true um mm-hmm. but uh you know this is a really ref- she she takes some a lot of sort of familiar uh, uh territory and flips it in funny ways Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and let's actually listen to a little bit of uh, beef flow mix. So if you haven't heard uh, flow Millie, you can kind of get a, a, fl- a taste of like what kind of music she makes. So this is beef flow mix by Flo Millie. I like cash in my head to my ass. Do the dash, can you make it go fast? Fuck the fame, all I want is them bands. If she keep on mugging, I'ma steal her man. He watching my behavior cause he know I'm bad. Pussy put a spell on him, he in a trance. I do what I please and you do what I ask. He love my confidence and that's what you lack. If you think I'm stealing swag, bitch, come and sue me. They watch me like I'm a new movie. His baby mother is my groupie. We got the club going up on a Tuesday. Like a OMG girl, I'm a beauty. If it don't go my way, I get moody. Nigga flexing on you is my duty. I'm the big dog, my nickname is Scooby. Who got beef with me? Girl, you don't want to compete. I'm too fast. Anyway, so yeah. And like she, she, so she signed to RCA Records when some of these songs started taking off on TikTok. And so she's been on RCA. And, um, yeah, like another thing about like Flo Millie, like, so she put out a project, uh, earlier this year that's called Ho, Why Is You Here? Um, <laughs> which is a great exi- which, existential you know, title. <laughs> <laughs> also, just like, I mean, how can you not love that? It's already funny. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you're already, like you're already bringing, bringing the, the, uh, like an, uh, some good energy to it. And I think like another thing about her look is that like, if you watch her videos, she wears really colorful outfits you know, uh, has like really like elaborate nails. She just like has an incredible look, which matches like the tone of her voice and kind of her persona, which I think you really accurately described as kind of a, a bratty, it's like a bratty hot girl, like cooler than thou vibe. Um, that is just like, it's hard to take your eyes off. of. Yeah. It's almost like, um, like a, uh, uh, drill version of like a Valley girl. You know, like that's <laughs> like kind of what it is. Uh, it is kind of valley girlish. Yeah, yeah. it's so it's com- it's confident. Com- it's colorful. Yeah. It's glamorous. It's nonchalant. Yeah. It's 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 just honestly just really great energy. Yeah. I would say she's kind of like I like I, I 
you know, when we were making our Red Bull playlist, and so every month kind of digging through the new music coming out and, uh, and try, you know, I'd, I'd, always, I'd always try to make a point of, of something like gender parody of the music that was on, on the, on it. And, uh, finding, so I listened to a lot of up and coming female artists. And I, I mean, when I heard like, uh, you know, Flamilli, like the, um, the beef remix, I was just like, this is exactly what I've been looking for. Like, this is, uh-huh. And, and I, you know, and as so often can happen with uh, female artists is they often don't get the same kind of opportunities that uh, male MCs get. And, mm-hmm. uh, and, you know, then we get this, this project that's top to bottom. It's excellent. Like, yes, it you is. know, it's 12 it songs, is. not too long. And it's funny and it's catchy and, and clever um you know it's it she she's really a very one of my for me one of the most exciting new artists this year by far i th- I think so too definitely if 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 you know if like if only just like stylistically like what she brings just like the sense of humor mm-hmm. um her like that persona the confidence like the like it's a kind of like it's just elegant and hilarious shit talking mm-hmm. is like what a lot of her songs consist of um and it's it's exciting to have an artist who like it's funny because like her music has a lot of shit talking in it yet it just feels she feels like such an inherently positive like vibe in her music it's like because it's almost like the shit talking is actually in a way it's like it's not it's not mean spirited mm-hmm. it's more it's more like humorous yeah. you know yeah, which yeah. which is which is something I really love about it um, and yeah, so I just want to like let's I just want to play one more let's play one more song by Flo Millie just so you guys have a, a sense of what she's like and I would strongly recommend you check out her project How Why Is You Here. Uh, so this this song is uh like that it's called Like That Bitch. I walk around like that bitch. I walk around like that bitch. I walk around like that bitch. For the clearance rack, I don't look at price tags. I buy shit with straight cash. Bitch, you broke, you finance. Big top, small legs. Bitch, been like a wine glass. Talking all that shit, but she can't see me with her blind ass. Her boyfriend in my DM saying, Ooh, I need your finance. We can take it there, but baby, you gon' have to write back. Heard that they was looking for me. Well, bitch, I'm in my bag. He already convinced, so I don't gotta say too much. Girl, I know your baby daddy wanna fuck. Okay, and that's this episode of Catch Up. We want to thank you so much for listening, and uh, we want to thank uh, our man Corey for for his help with the research of this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, loyal researcher, very smart, very savvy. Yeah, digs up some great stuff for us to to, to chew on and make these episodes. We wouldn't be able to do this episode without him. We also want to thank our producer Kyle, who uh, is now a new father, which is amazing. Yes. And uh, we love that for yeah, him. We, yeah. <laughs> so big congrats there to him and his wife, Una. Uh, and um, we, uh, yeah, just appreciate, I have appreciated all the support. You know, follow us on the socials. Uh, you know, let people know we're back because a lot of, you know, a lot of people 
who might have, have listened to us might not know that we have you know have broken the hiatus and uh, have have returned at least uh, with with sort of our 2020 updates. So you know one of the things we always love seeing was when people would tag us in the uh, in their Instagram stories, you know, screen cap on Spotify or iTunes or whatever Stitcher, whatever you use to listen to podcasts. Uh, post that in your stories. That's super helpful. We always love that. And uh, yeah, thank you so much for listening. Yeah. And make sure to, to tell a friend, tell a friend in text message or, or verbally, like, you know, like make it real for them. Don't just send them a link. Like that's, that's going to help this podcast grow. And as we've mentioned previously, we are working on a larger mini series idea, which will uh, ideally consist of a lot of interviews with a lot of different artists in the industry. So so this will this will help us kind of build up our audience so that when we come out with this series and sometime in 2021, we kind of have a good audience for it right off the bat. So mm-hmm. once again, we thank you all for listening and we hope that you're, you're healthy and safe and so are, so are your family. And uh, we'll talk to you very soon. Yes.